Thank you for listening to the Better Than Yesterday podcast, hosted by Stark Strength and Conditioning and Stark CrossFit. This podcast is dedicated to CrossFit, nutrition, weightlifting, powerlifting, and helping you to become better than yesterday. To find out more about Stark Strength and Conditioning, check out our website at www.starkstrength.com. Hello, Ben. Hello, Paul. How's it going? I'm not too shabby. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It sounds like there's a class going on outside, but it's just Allie dropping the barbell over and over again. That one barbell. Yeah. <laughs> that heavy grace style barbell dropping. Yeah. Just Every bang, one. bang. Yeah. So singles, 30 reps through. Let's go. So Ben's Ben's looking at some shirts and stuff like that for uh, for our next order. What's shirts, tank tops, crop tops. What else? U-necks. U-necks. W-necks. V-necks. Deep V-necks. Super deep V-necks. <laughs> very, very deep V-necks. <laughs> yeah. All the V-necks. Any, are we getting any cardigans in? You know, that's a great idea. A star yeah. cardigan? Yeah. I feel like Corey Allen would buy all of them. <laughs> I should ask Corey I, if we can just <laughs> yeah. sell him 30 cardigans. Would you be interested in a cardigan, they Corey? say Stark on them. No. <laughs> just order it. <laughs> oh, man. Just black cardigans. Yep. Red cardigans. We'll call them Stark cardigans. We're we're trying to decide what to do for the next order of shirts, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking they'll be good. They get they get better each time. So always yeah, going. It, we always learn a little bit each time, right? And yeah, you know, we get a little bit more feedback, and the more feedback we get, the, the easier it is for us to kind of come up with our next order. Yeah, good. You got to keep that thing closer to your mouth, Ben. I know. I, know, I do a really bad job of like being kind of hesitant, putting it into my mouth. That's way better. I know. That's wow. Yeah, you just look <laughs> at it, and it's. I know it's big and it's black, and it's just you just. It's just kind of scary to hold it this close to my face. Yeah, I'm like a little claustrophobic. That's okay, but people will be able to hear you way better now. So excellent. That's cool. So today we wanted to chat about programming. Group programming, online programming, personalized programming. This is like the thing now. You know, for yeah. forever it was like when Rich Froning started, it was like all about the weightlifting programming. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you got to do CrossFit and you got to do a weightlifting program because that's what Rich did. And now everybody wants like CrossFit programming because it's everybody's like, oh, well, if personal programming gets you stronger weightlifting, why not do the same thing for conditioning, right? So it's kind of a natural progression but it's like you know it used to be the coolest thing would be like seeing people doing lifting like intervals and stuff and now it's like cardio is like the cool thing now like people want to see people doing bike intervals and rowing intervals and like people have realized that training is not just like doing random workouts now and like even in our classes yeah uh like we're incorporating more like time domain oriented stuff which to me is like the biggest difference between training and competing is giving yourself a time domain and like a work domain or at least close to a work domain, mm-hmm. right? So yesterday, uh, I programmed a workout that was a five-minute AMRAP and you did, um, it was a 300-meter run and then as many wall balls as you could in the remaining five minutes or the remaining time of that five minutes and then you rest three minutes and then you had five minutes to complete that many wall balls in the run 
<laughs> that to me is like a super specific training workout, right? Because you control the time domain like relatively, right? Because you know your second time is going to be pretty close to your first. Yeah. You give yourself rest so you know that the intensity is going to be there and it's very like, uh, it's self-scaling, right? However many wall balls you get done is however many wall balls you're going to get done. Yeah. Right? And so it kind of automatically scales itself for everyone. And that I think is the direction that group programming is going now at least for gyms that are, like, really looking at their programming seriously, like we are. Like, you know, I think a lot of gyms don't even really think about it. They just do CrossFit.com workouts or they do Comp Train or Invictus or whatever. They just kind of subscribe to some, like, email programming. <coughs> Whereas gyms that program for themselves, I think, are, are shifting towards time-oriented domain stuff where you can kind of control more of the variables. And, uh, and then you still do, like, CrossFit competitions and, you know, maybe even once in a while you have, like, a five-round for time workout just, like, for fun. Um, but it, it shouldn't be the majority of your training. I think people are starting to come around on that, but it's kind of, like, it's new. And I think a lot of people don't have a lot of information about it. And I can imagine it's confusing um, for some people. They're like, oh, well, why are some people doing their own programming and some people are doing classes? So, yeah, it's kind of a lot going on for people that, especially are getting into the sport now. Yeah. and aren't used to the old ways. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of different options out there, and I think a lot of it comes down to to the individual and their their goals and where they're at, you know, in the the sport or their training, their background. Um, you know, maybe they have a strength background, but really crappy mobility. Then they need to work on mobility to get better at a lot of the movements. Um, and get into good positions. Uh, if planning, like programming for groups, is is very tough. Like everyone's at different levels. My thoughts behind the the group training, group classes, and that's that's something that I participate in. Um, I I'm not looking to like you know PR my snatch, even though I PR'd my power snatch the other day, but uh, I'm. The, the goal for me when I come to class, whatever's on the board, it's like do the best you can with whatever's on the board, you know, put in 100% effort on movement and mechanics, but it might not be 100% all-out effort on the actual workout. Like I'm not competing to do it. And me being like almost 39 now, I'm I'm picking and choosing my battles. And it's like, you know, which one can I push myself on this week versus, um, you know, coming in and competing every day and trying to keep up with, like, the young kids like you guys. So it's not, she you don't recover like that. You didn't beat all but one of us in the Open this year. But but still, it's like, you know, you, you come in, and, come in and, and train rather than competing every day, right? Yeah, and that's a huge mental switch for people. Um, if you haven't already... Uh, if you like listening to podcasts, go listen to Ben Bergeron's podcast on training with intention. Mm -hmm. And he does a really good job of explaining it. And I'll kind of paraphrase and do my best. But the idea is that training with intention is having a purpose to why you're doing what you're doing and being conscious while you're doing it rather than just, oh, I'm just going to see how good I can do. Just do reps. Right? Like if you yeah. see a workout that's, let's say it's Fran, right? You Training with intention is going, hmm, okay, 21, 15, 9 thrusters and pull-ups based on my physical capacity, I'm going to try to do this workout unbroken. Even if I have to rest a little bit longer between sets, that's my intention with this training. Getting used to big sets of gymnastics, big sets of thrusters. Um, for somebody else, it might be totally different, right? It might be, 
I'm going to try to do smaller sets, but I'm going to keep my rest intervals short. I'm going for a PR on time. Like, that's what training is, with intention is. And I think um, a lot of people can miss out on that. If they just come and they just go, oh, okay, I'm, I'm doing Fran, they just kind of, like, make yep. it up as they go. And they do 21 thrusters unbroken, and then just blow apart and do two pull-ups at a time until the end of the workout. Yeah. That's not really training with intention. That's just kind of – that's that's what happens when you're not really, like – conscious about what you're doing when before you start the workout i think it it comes down to the day as well like doing fran is like oh, race yeah. day like yeah absolutely depending on when that ends up in the week and what was before it and all that kind of stuff like if you're doing fran at the end of the week and you've come and train like you've been in five days like you know monday to thursday and then you come in and do fran on friday like you might not have a spectacular time. You might be like, yeah, last time I did it, I did it unbroken. The goal is to go faster this time. And you're like, you know what? My legs are a bit sore. My ass is a bit sore. And you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get like halfway through the first round. You're like, uh-oh. Okay. Got to change the game plan. Yeah. Sometimes things you have to change on the fly. But even that is part of being conscious with it, right? Yeah. Like if you know the workout of that day is Fran, then you should, if you feel good, then go into the, with the mentality of I'm going to PR. Yeah. But if you know you're not feeling good, like most people know when they're warming up, right? Like you yeah. do your warm up, you do a couple rounds. Once you've like done a couple thrusters, done a couple pull-ups, you're like, ooh, my legs are toast or my grip is toast, whatever. This is going to be a slow workout. Then you change the game plan. Yeah. It's like, okay, let's even, okay, I'm going to make it an EMOM. I'm going to try to get 21 thrusters, rest in the end of that minute, do my 21 pull-ups, and then try to keep each of my domains in a minute, even if I get tired. Yeah. That's like having a game plan. Yeah. And I think um, a personalized program is just taking that to the next step. So for really competitive athletes like myself, it's nice to have workouts that are, that are specifically designed already for me. I don't have to figure out what it is. Like, I already know what the plan is. It's like, okay, you're doing two minutes of biking at 68 RPM, then you're going to rest and then you're going to do the same thing again. Like that's super easy. I understand what exactly that workout is. Yeah. And so that's kind of the next step from where that is in group training. But I think um, the vast majority of people don't necessarily need that. And I think group programming is still like, so to me, there's a spectrum. And I'm sure you would agree with this, Paul, that like on the far end of the spectrum of like, not very useful, not well ad adapted to you is like random online email training. Mm -hmm. So like <laughs> they're everywhere now, man. Everybody yeah. has online training. Like even Dan Bailey has like his training program and Camille has her training program and Josh Bridges has his seal fit program and all these, everybody's got like their own programs that they send out by yeah. email. And it's like, these guys don't know who you are or what you're doing. Like yeah. there's people that don't need to be doing what they're programming, but they don't know them. So they're doing the best they can, and you might be doing your best at their programming, but it's not necessarily going to be the most productive for you, yeah. right? Like Josh Bridges' program, probably going to have a lot of strength work, right? Yeah. Because he spent a lot of his life trying to get stronger. Same with like Chris Spieler's program, like Icon or whatever it's called. Icon athlete, A lot yeah. of it is strength work because that's what he needs to work on is strength work. I know a lot of guys that don't need to do any strength work. What they no. need to do is do conditioning, but that's something that like Chris Spieler doesn't know who you are, Yeah. so it's impossible for him to to do that for you. So then the next step would be a group class where even though the programming uh, written is not necessarily super specific for you, it's at least all inclusive and then the coach can help you fine tune it to make sure it's effective for you. Yeah, just and modifying. That's, I think a really nice happy medium for most people. Modifying for limitations, your mobility restrictions. You know, if you're a yeah. newer athlete and say the workouts, 
you know, X number of wall balls in a 600 meter run, they might modify it to like a 300 meter run or yeah, something exactly. along those lines, just so that, you know, you're, you're still getting a, a good stimulus from it and yeah, still getting even, benefit from it and not crushing you. Yeah. Or even sometimes, you know, there's workouts that like will have complex movements like overhead squats. Yeah. And it's say it's at a certain weight. And, you know, if you're doing it by yourself and you're just doing it off an email and it's like Nancy or something, it's 15 overhead squats at 95 pounds, right? Yeah. If 95 pounds is so heavy for you that you can only do sets of three at a time, that's not really the intended stimulus of that workout, right? Yeah. And if you're just doing it on your own, you're not necessarily going to know that and know how to modify. But if you're in a class with a coach and a good coach, they'll be able to look at you and go, well, that looks way too hard. And you need to take some weight off and you need to be trying to do at least a set of like eight and seven or something like that to get through your round of 15. Or if the person has a really poor overhead squat position and it's just like, hey, we can get you doing front squats and you're yeah. still going to get the desired stimulus from it. Exactly. And not get into bad positions. Yeah. And then obviously then the other end of the spectrum is like super individualized personal training. And, you know, we have more people that are getting more interested in that now. And I still think it's a, it's a super legitimate method for... Uh, especially for like competitive people, I think it's great. Um, if you don't necessarily see yourself competing in the sport of CrossFit, I don't think it's super necessary. I think if you come in, have a game plan for the workout, you listen to the coaches and you're responsive, classes are great. Like I, I think they're awesome for 99% of people. It's only really the people who are like, I want to get to the next level competing RX in CrossFit. Like, you know, we have members here, for example, that I personally know that have rx capacity like they have that work capacity to be an rx competitor but they don't have muscle ups or they don't have mm -hmm. handstand push-ups so what they do is they do that those 30 minute one-on-one -on -one sessions with us as coaches and we use those as personalized training and so we go okay these are the variations you need to be doing to get better at muscle ups or get better better at handstand push-ups and that usually gels pretty nicely with doing classes right you do it half an hour either before or after yeah and i you know i I've, I've seen lots of good results from that just yeah. a half an hour. Yeah. You know, if they're it's a relatively skill aware work. athlete and they're coachable, like half an hour is kind of all you need. Yeah. It's focused skill work on stuff that the athlete needs specifically. It's, uh, we'll, we'll get that after. <laughs> uh, it's, it's focused skill work. Like for, for people who are missing those movements, say they have like that RX capacity and just need to spend a little bit more time on it. Like a lot of the stuff that, I've picked up over the years, like muscle ups. I, I wanted a muscle up and I worked on it every day when I worked at the wellness, I worked on it every day for a month and I worked on, we didn't have rings high enough to do kipping muscle ups. So I ended up working on strict and it was basically like an L sit strict muscle up hanging under the basketball net, but it was 30 days of basically skill work. And then I got it and then I ended up busting out four more muscle ups just to make sure it wasn't a fluke. Yeah. And like yeah, it takes that specific training for it. Right. Yeah. And like I said, like there's a lot of people, you know, like um, uh, we had an athlete last night that was staying after weightlifting. And, you know, I had a, a class running and he's like, oh, I, I'm, I'm just hoping I can work on on some bar muscle ups for a little bit. And like, you know, he was at first just kind of like flailing and attempting and just missing kind of repeatedly. And, you know, once I had some one-on-one -on -one time after class, I was like, look, this, these are some of the things you need to focus on. And even just a five-minute conversation I had with him about being specific with what he needed to work on to get that muscle up was huge. Then he got his muscle up on his next attempt. Yeah. 
right? So it, it doesn't even have to be like an hour of personal training. No. It can just be like 30 minutes is a ton of time. And as long as you're willing to put the work in consistently, yep. uh, that's huge, right? And I think individualized programming can go along with group classes too, right? So if you like the group training environment, which I totally understand, I like that too, um, but you also want some specific programming, I think the two can totally go hand in hand. No. Uh, as long as there's like, you know, as long as the person that's doing your individualized programming has some sort of communication with you on the regular. So like, oh, your arms are really tired from yesterday's workout. Okay, we can like modify today's a little bit. And yeah. in my opinion, a good individualizing coach is really good at that, at modifying on the day, right? If you text them, you're like, man, I'm smoked today. I need to modify. You should be able to modify for them. Yep. That's definitely like the standard I have for, you know, who coaches me and who when I coach other people. Um, I like to be around as much as I can. You know, I have uh, one client that comes in that I don't personally train every day. I write all of his programming, but I'm not necessarily with him for the full hour every time. But I'm at least usually in the gym when he's there. And I can kind of just talk to him and chat with him and see how he's doing with like, oh, how he feels, this and that. And I think that's part of group classes too, right? Any good coach like talks to people when they walk in and is like, oh, this person's like, you know, a bit bunkered down today. They had a long day at work or whatever. So I'm not going to push them in the same way that I would on a normal day. No. Right? I think with uh, you, you're completely right about the, the giving feedback. Um, you know, when you're looking at what kind of coach you're going to get to do your programming and stuff like that, you got to look at how much contact you're going to have with them. If you're getting, you know, programming from someone that's in a different country and you're, you're, you could be paying for basically a, a template that is sent out to thousands and thousands of people. It's not going to be very specific to you. That to me is going to be a bit more class oriented, but without the modifications that'll make it better for you as an athlete. When it comes to, you know, having a coach that, you know, maybe they are nearby, maybe they're in your gym, maybe they are in another country, but there's tons of feedback back and forth daily. And this depends on how, how uh, committed the athlete is too. If it's someone who's like going to do the programming to a T and put in their best effort, then that's awesome. And the, the coach needs to know that athlete. They need to know the way they move. Um, you know, I, I have a buddy who went to the Olympics who had uh, guys with PhDs writing his programming and he was given um, barbell power cleans as one of his movements to do in the gym, but never had any coaching or training on it. And they were saying, basically, you weigh this much. This is the percentage uh, that you should be lifting for your body weight. Oh, boy. But there was absolutely no uh, guidance on technique other than, here, check out this YouTube video link, and this will show you, this will teach you how to do it. And then, he didn't learn with a bar, didn't learn like front rack, didn't even learn how to do a front squat before being taught a clean. Um, so there's just like so many missed levels of progressions there. Ended up hurting his back doing these cleans and then couldn't go to the Rio Olympics because of that. And, um, you know, it's it, it it really comes down to, I think, the the coach and how dedicated they are to, to you and your level of success and how you're doing, you know, each and every day that you're training rather than like, you know, just getting you to jump on the bandwagon and pay them money. And it could be someone with a PhD or multiple, you know, so many letters behind their name, but you, you might get better results from someone who just really cares and has been doing the sport or the movement for a very long time and can assess an athlete and can modify for you accordingly. 
Yeah, and you hit on a really important mark there, and that, that is your coach needs to give a crap. Yeah. You know, that is so, like, underrated, but, like, there are so many CrossFit drones out there, as I like to call them, that are just kind of, like, yelling out the workout and, like, just yelling random, like, encouraging things. And I think there is time and place for that where, like, you need to not so be focused in on, like, getting technical that you can't also train hard. I think there's a time to, like, just push people and be like, hey, like, it's the last minute of that workout. As long as they're doing something that's not dangerous, it's like, okay, it's time to push a little bit. I think there's a time and place for that. But, but if you're a coach that cares, like, the first 45 minutes of class is the most important, right? That's your chance to really, like, get things sorted out before you get to that workout. Mm-hmm. And if your coach doesn't care, it's going to be very obvious, yeah. right? I've I've seen videos of people like posting stuff where their form is just like horrific. I'll say it horrific, ruthless. Uh, yeah, and uh, and they're following you know programming designed by a coach uh, for them, but there might be you know percentages on there. Maybe it's billed to like ninety five percent of your one rep max deadlift, or maybe it's billed to like you know ninety percent for a triple or something like that. And their their technique from the first rep, like the bar coming off the ground, is like back rounding and and just completely like you know flexed spine through that deadlift, and it's just like not cool to see. It's uh, yeah, great that you're you know being active and and doing something, but sometimes you just need a bit of coaching, and and rather than just being given a program and some numbers, if you're posting stuff like that, like, you know, if it was one of my athletes, I'd be like, I don't really care about the weight on the bar. Let's see how you're moving, and if you can move well at these percentages, then good, we're headed in the right direction, but it's like, if your form starts to break down, if you're snatching, and say your snatch looks, you know, beautiful, and you start adding more and more weight to it, and now you're doing funky things to get under it, Dial the weight back a bit. Just get That's more comfortable. That's me laughing in the background, by the way. Yeah. I've been there and seen it. And it, it's just like, you know, take a bit of weight off the bar and just build those good motor patterns at a, a medium to heavy weight before going stupid heavy and, you know, having shit break down. Yeah, and that's such a hard thing for a remote coach to understand, right? Like where that, that point is for you. You know, for me, it's like I'm kind of fortunate that I'm experienced enough in the sport that a lot of what I need is not that I can't use uh, like one-on-one coaching still. I still like getting feedback from like Joe who comes to our weightlifting classes and I still actively am like, I'm, you know, seeking that kind of information. But I'm, I don't feel like I'm at the risk of injuring myself because of the percentages that I'm hitting. And I think that's a really important thing to do before you talk about, you know, getting an, uh, a remote coach of any kind. It's like you need to make sure that you've got all of your personal stuff dialed already. Yeah. You know, like you can work on thrusters all you want and, you know, do strict press to get your shoulders stronger and heavy back squats to get your back strong stronger, back squat stronger. But if you're pressing the bar off your shoulders before you finish your squat, the, the thrusters are going to smoke you no matter how strong or how fit you get. Yeah. Right. And so it's like that's part one. You need to make sure that your movement is good enough first. And then you can kind of progress into getting the specific program. Heavier, but faster. That, yeah, whatever. exactly. And so it's like I think there's a lot of people um, that should that are in the classes that are getting that from their coaches, that they're still just learning the movements perfectly first. Yeah. And I think that that is more important than uh, getting the individualized programming. And that's why I think it's not necessarily like there's a right or wrong way to do it. Right. Yeah. I think people need to figure out for themselves, like, uh, you know, 
my movement is good enough here and you know my coaches around me agree that I'm like ready to take it to the next level with like individualized stuff or it's like hey you know what I need to work on the movement first and then I can build the capacity on top of that yeah right you're you're definitely like a great candidate for for remote coaching Ben because you do move well, really well yeah because you do move really well you're consistent with your movement mechanics and you end up like you don't sacrifice technique to get stuff done. You, you know, you put the bar down, you rest when you need to, and then you get back to work as soon as you can. Yeah. A big part of it for me that I've had to learn the hard way, obviously first, but is just, you know, removing my own ego from it too. You mm-hmm. know, like even if something is programmed for me, that is really heavy for that day. And I feel like I'm not going to be able to lift it in a way that's useful. I'm just, I'm going to try as hard as I can to lift it perfectly, but I'm not going to sacrifice my technique to get it done. Right, And that mentality just takes time. It just takes time. You need to refine the movements and you need to be so used to doing movements well that yeah. you can tell when you're doing them poorly and you're like, this feels bad. I need to stop. Yeah. And I think a lot of people lack that awareness of like, okay, the, the, the train's coming off the rails. Yeah. I need to hit the brakes. There's there, if, you, if you watch any of the events in the CrossFit Games, most of the competitors, most of the like high-level, high-placing ones that are there because they're strong fit well-rounded um they move well they move well like you don't see shitty reps happening you see like good movement mechanics all the time and when they're tired they rest and then they get back to work right away and it looks good and they're moving well all the way through exactly you make a really good point with like you know the better athletes are the ones that are more consistent all the way around yeah and then there there are some there that do not look very pretty that that look horrible horrible and um you know what for for some of them they've just they're so strong and they can you know muscle through stuff and other ones they're just like they've got a engine and a capacity to be able to outwork some of that you know high quality technique that everyone else is doing and and be able to keep up and it's not very efficient but uh, i mean you find that more and more at intermediate levels right like at local crossfit competitions you see you know there's a lot of people that have really good movement but are just getting outworked by the people who don't have the greatest movement yet yeah and it's like you know it makes you just wonder those people that have the capacity man if they just spent a little bit more time working on their movement yeah they would be so much further ahead but but that's not fun and sexy (laughs) it's naturally it's so funny i was thinking about this the other day but it's just like it's almost better when you start weightlifting to not be that strong yeah like the hardest people to teach how to weightlift are the strong people yeah because they just literally rip the bar off the floor with their back completely bent over and muscle snatch or muscle clean all the weights up and it's so hard to teach them how to actually move around the weight whereas people who aren't stronger are gonna really understand the benefits of moving well because they can't lift it any other way than properly yeah right and so it becomes like this uh this process for those people that aren't very naturally strong, like myself, like I didn't do anything before I started weightlifting, really. Like I did some bicep curls and tricep extensions at 17 ring with Quinton, but that's it. I wasn't really naturally all that strong when I started lifting, so I kind of had to learn the technique really well. Mm-hmm. And that's part of why my technique is, it, I wouldn't even say my technique is good because it's still got flaws, but it's very refined. Yeah. Because I've spent so long trying to maximize the weight I can get with the strength that I have. So right? what, what do you think the... Ben Fransu from three years ago, if, if you would have jumped on like some online programming or whatever, and it was like high volume and stuff like that, how do, how do you think you would have done with that? I think, you know, the other thing about Ben from three years ago was just the, uh, the more is better mentality. Yeah. 
And, um, you know, I think three years ago, I really didn't understand that what quality training meant. And so it was like, I, it's not necessarily that I think I, I probably would have still gotten a little fitter by doing some random online programming, yep. but I kind of would have missed the point, right? I'm glad what I ran into instead three years ago is I ran into CrossFit gyms, right? And coaching yep. and lifting with other people who are better than me. And I'm glad that I ran into that instead because that at the time was far more valuable than, you know, even what I have right now, which I, I really like having my individualized programming. If I had had individualized programming three years ago when my snatch technique was still inconsistent yep. and my gymnastics skills were still really bad and I didn't have stabilizing muscles in my shoulders and stuff, it probably <laughs> wouldn't at have all. done anything. <laughs> it didn't have right? any in there. <laughs> yeah, it was like Bambi <laughs> yep. on ice every yep. time I squatted, you know, like my knees yep. would be touching and my hips would shoot three feet back. And it was like, you know, even at that point, the individualizing programming wouldn't have necessarily give me any benefit, right? Like there's a time and a place for everything. Yeah. So I think it's a level of progression and it's just something that people need to put in the time and be patient and, uh, and just, you know, be conscious when they're, when they're moving every class you come to. Uh, I know Candice, when she started here, this was what, maybe eight months ago or so, uh, she had, she had emailed me and she said, you know what, like I, I want to come in as a student, but I would eventually like to become a coach. And I'm like, cool. That's like the first person I've ever had, like email me that not having done CrossFit, wanting to come into the gym. And I said, you know, use every, every workout, every rep, every cue that a coach gives you to your, your maximum advantage. And, you know, each, each rep, each set is a time to a chance to practice and, and refine your movement and stuff. And, um, you know, she, she said more recently, like, there's a lot to learn. <laughs> I said, yeah, there is. Like, it's, it's not like, you know, coaching, you know, say a boot camp where you're not doing anything too technical or anything like that, where it's just some simple body weight exercises, which can be done improperly as well. But, um, yeah, it's it, anyone that wants to get better. You can always use every rep or set to, to refine your movement mechanics and make it as consistent as possible. Yeah, no, I uh, I one hundred percent agree. I think there's there's more to meets the eye when it comes to a lot of this stuff. It's not uh, it's not your bicep curls and you know your typical gym stuff. Like what we do is is really complex stuff, and you got to understand. Uh, like I said, a, a big thing is removing that ego from it because this is the other thing that like kind of like what I touched on earlier. Like, the stronger and more athletically capable someone is, it's sometimes difficult to coach them because they have kind of an ego with them. They're used to, like, oh, I, I always clean two plates. You know, no. I have this one friend that I was trying to teach how to lift uh, a while ago at, um, at, that I knew from school. And he was just, like, he was, like, he could always clean two plates. And he, like, clinged to that. Like, that was his thing. No. But it was, like, this brutal, like, didn't bend underneath it, would just, like, shoot his hips forward and, like, kind of, curl it up onto his shoulders. A limbo clean. And he wouldn't even like <laughs> rack it, you know? It would yeah. be like still like two inches off his shoulders. Yeah. I'm like, you need to understand that the process doesn't give a crap what weight is on the bar. And even your, your physiology doesn't care, yeah. right? You got to train for stimulus, not by number. The weight on the bar means nothing. Yeah. What matters is, are you pushing yourself in the right direction? Yeah. And for a lot of people, that means you got to take a hard look in the mirror and be like, you know what, I'm not everything I think I am, and I need to take a step back, you know, and there's people that are, that come in here, um, you know, like we had some people, some guys in here this morning, you know, like Richie and Robert, 
awesome example of two guys that are super humble yep. and are just always willing to learn. And those kind of people like are learning fast. Yep. You know, like you look at the way they move now and the way they moved when they started, like it's a huge difference because they never fight you on stuff. They're like, okay, I'll, I'll do whatever you say. Like I'll take some weight off. I'll work yep. on this. I'll work on that. And they're, you know, both of them, I've seen them stay, they come early, they work on mobility, they work on whatever, and they stay late and they work on stuff too. Yeah. And that's the mentality that it takes to really get like some f- self-fulfillment out of it too. I think it's a lot more um, rewarding of a process if you're willing to like work on yourself rather than just show off the stuff you already have. Yeah. Um, so I think to, to kind of wrap this, this up and I'm sure we could keep talking about it, but I think if you're, if you're starting out in the sport, definitely having a coach who can have their eyes on you, who can, you know, modify accordingly for you, um, who's got experience working with all different, you know, ages and abilities can give you a very good experience and help you to get, well-rounded by using uh, class programming and and modifying accordingly. Um, I think you need to be at a level where you have really, you know, good body awareness, good movement, good mechanics to be able to jump on a programming, you know, template that's given out to, to thousands of people. You can definitely get fitter and stronger with it, um, but the, the movement and the mechanics need to be in check first. Um, and then... You know, I think the, the ultimate is the if you are wanting to be really competitive, really wanting to work on weaknesses um, and, and build yourself up, it is getting that personalized programming from a coach who's really going to be able to give you 100% attention and really make sure that your your best interest and your longevity is in mind rather than just like trying to get, you know, get your numbers up and stuff like that and, you know, have all form and technique kind of go out the window. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with what you just said. There, you know, you bring up another interesting point I want to touch on real quick before we call it a day. But um, there are coaches, I think, that will, like, push you past where you should go to make you feel like you're doing better. And I think, you know, a coach that gives a crap is a coach that will reward you for moving better yeah. or will reward you for, hey, I like that you stayed after class the other day to work on some stuff. That's the kind of thing we want to be encouraging, not just encouraging them to get PRs and get better at this and get better at that. It's like, you know, we got to, as coaches, it's our job to also encourage people to adapt to that growth mentality. I think that's the most important part when you when you look at what kind of pro- programming is going to be right for you, what kind of classes, what kind of gym is going to be right for you. Yeah, You need to find a place where you feel like they're encouraging the growth mentality rather than just results. Yeah. So don't look for, don't look for the place that's gonna give you, uh, uh, what is it, uh, that sense of day booty blaster guarantee. Not well, not that, but just like you know, someone trying to fight to get you that PR today or whatever. Even if like you know the wheels are falling off the bus or whatever you want to call it, but just you know this, this is your body. You've got it for a a long time, hopefully a hell of a long time, and you know you you want to play the long game. You want to be doing this stuff as long as you can, so that everything that you do in here is going to help you outside of here. So, okay. Awesome. Well, thanks, Ben. And, uh, Thank you, yeah, Paul. thanks for listening, everyone. Hopefully you're a little bit better than yesterday after listening to this podcast. Love you guys. That's kind of awkward. Say, yeah. That's, that's they better. Didn't say I love you back. I mean, no, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> no one ever does. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Better Than Yesterday podcast hosted by Stark Strength and Conditioning and Stark CrossFit. 
If you or someone you know would be a good guest on our podcast, please reach out to us on social media so we can help share your passion for health and fitness with others. It would be greatly appreciated if you could make the time to head over to the iTunes store and give us a rating. We appreciate your support and feedback, and thank you all for listening.